seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bandit Celtic podcast. My name is Lawrence Stonningen and I'm joined today, as I'm joined every day, by my good pals. Paul Thompson, Remy McSwain. How you doing, Paul? I'm great. Long side, just sitting here, opened a Duvel beer and I was listening to it. I watched a wee bit plano when we're finished. The, uh, Remy, what's your coronavirus diary? Uh, I'm, I'm more sitting here in my Duvel coat. Um, <laughs> freezing. No, I'm, I'm alright, thanks. I'm alright. Uh, you been out and about? No, not been out today. Have you cracked your 5k record at all? You have just let it slip no. by? No. Yeah, inju- I'm carrying an injury just now, which I'm, I'm resting up for the weekend. <laughs> Why, what happens for the weekend? I'm good back out running again. I just can't run. Right, very good. Uh, okay, here, uh, before we go any further, uh, t- well, one big news story today, uh, and then a bits and bobs, but the, the main thing I want to put, we haven't done this at all, uh, Paul, So, but I'm going to, Get the old uh, full court press on now. Uh, I think uh, for administration reasons, uh, we have to keep the the GoFundMe open for a few days. Um, but we are calling it on at uh, midnight on Sunday. So that'll be your last chance to donate to the GoFundMe. All the money goes to uh, the Celtic Foundation. Um, the I think the la- what's the la- what's the latest number, Paul? We are we are just short of six grand as of uh, half past four today. So that's uh, that's pretty incredible. So that's so. Hang on, let me get my maths right. So it's me, you, Remy, Tony Hamilton. Six grand divided by four. That's, that's pretty good. That's good. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, all the money goes directly to the foundation. I saw today uh, they're doing some. Uh, Ten grand went out to. I think Glasgow's golden generation. I'm going to guess and say that's a organisation that uh, looks after kind of uh, older members of our community who uh, are the most, obviously the most vulnerable uh, in this uh, these coronavirus times. So, um, anyway, that's phenomenal. Thanks to everybody. Honestly, absolutely blown away. Can't believe it. And and if you've donated, thanks very much. And if you haven't, that's okay. Uh, but if you have a couple of quid. Uh, just throw it in the bucket. Uh, we've got, uh, as I say, officially we're shutting it at the, I think it's midnight on Sunday, but uh, we're, in our minds, we're, we're going to stop it tomorrow. We've got Tony Hamilton. Uh, what's Tony? I can ask you every day, Paul. Tony's chief executive of? Chief executive, yeah, uh, foundation. So, so yeah, Tony's going to uh, join us tomorrow for a wee chat about what, what they're doing just now and what they're going to be doing over the next few weeks and months uh, as this continues. The um, anyway, so uh, you'll find a link on the Twitter feed. Thanks very much, brilliant stuff. Uh, and uh, anyway, I, I think we what did we think, Paul? Thought we might get maybe 500 quid, a grand or something. Well, well I think the first target we put up was a grand, and we were we were kind of hopeful we would meet that. And at the moment, I had to put the target up to six and a half because it, it's almost like an automatic thing once you get to a certain level. So at the moment, that's the target, uh, and we're, we're just just a bit. Just about there with the six, so it's you know beyond our wildest expectations. I guess is the best way of putting it. People have been incredibly generous and 
we know it's a tough time for everybody, so thank you. Right, and we haven't, with delivery, not really, I feel kind of almost guilty, but I'll stop now uh, pushing it. Uh, that's uh, Anyway, on with the uh, the huge news today from Belgium. Uh, Abu Kouassi is giving an interview. Paul, did you see it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm presuming it was for the physio room. No, uh, anyway, dredging around looking for Celtic news. Uh, I suppose we always start with the Celtic. Uh, I think they're they're feeling it as well. The poor folks running the social media side of uh, uh, there's not much. We we did uh, the three of us did the quiz. Uh, we just did the quiz between us there. Very poor showing actually, especially since we've got a a real know all in our team. Rem, uh, th- was it f- five out of nine or something? That wasn't very good, was it? Yeah, rubbish. Uh, what did we get? Uh, oh, it was it was quite hard. I think uh, the folks at Celtic are they're ramping the questions up. So there's that uh, no Q and A so many players today, which is a bit of a shame. I really like those. Uh, I think everybody really likes those. Um, so none of that. But uh, the Q uh, I I'll, I'll tell you though, Dumbarton have done a Q and A. Have you seen Dumbarton's Q and A? No. It's an absolute beauty. Oh, you on. need to you need to dig that out. It's with uh, Murdo McLeod. Oh, oh! I saw. I didn't read it. But I just saw it. Some embarrassing. The, some. The put. The put. Some. <laughs> one of the answers. Some of the answers are. Who's Who's your favourite player? Answer: I don't have a favourite player. <laughs> Question: Who should be player of the season? That changes as the season goes along. Must have been like pulling teeth. <laughs> so he hasn't. Uh, he obviously doesn't follow the button, does he? No. Um, did I ever tell you about, I played golf with Murdo McLeod once. I've never, I mean, I've played golf with competitive people in my life, but I, the first time I ever met the guy, it was unbelievable. It was absolutely brutal. This guy, he wasn't, I mean, I was a million times better at him, but he still hammered me. He was so, so competitive. Anyway, that's fine. Uh, my dad gave him his pass out of work to go and sign for Celtic. Oh, very, well, well, well give us that story. Oh, he was, he was, he was, I know, he was with Dumbarton at the time when they were, Dumbarton had got my job in the, the whiskey with Ballantines, Hiram Walker, because he was obviously a part-time player. And he uh, he came in, my dad, was, I think he was a production manager or something like that, he came in and he asked him, he, need, he needed a pass out to go and sign for Celtic. <laughs> my dad says, what are you signing for Celtic for, you wee bastard? Oh, really? <laughs> but he gave him a... <laughs> oh, I didn't... He gave him a... Was he a Rangers fan? I never knew that. Obviously, here I'm just oh. looking at it. It, it, it. it does look very funny. Just looking at it, the Kuasi. I, I really fancied Kuasi, Paul. Remember that I used to go on about him all the time. Aye, he 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 was uh, for for about twenty minutes in his first couple of games. He looked like a player. I think it was one. I can't remember which game it was, but he played an absolute killer pass through for for Lee Griffiths to to score the winner in a one 0 game a couple of years ago. Who who against escapes me, but. Uh, yeah, just completely injury prone. Any time he came back into the team, he lasted what game, game and a half. Uh, he had a quite a good game in the semi final of the League Cup against Hearts. Season, well, last season wasn't it? And uh, we never saw him again after that. I don't think Donkey played again. I think it was his last game. He got injured. That was the time he got the manhandled in the box, shall we say, by the boy McLean. But he had a separate injury that day. And from memory, I don't think he ever played again for Celtic. Um, 
that was a couple of million quid. Well, who knows? You never know about these numbers, do you? Uh, but he's gone to Genk. That's not that's Genk, not Ghent. He's only played three times, but he's done some interviews saying uh, he's not coming back. Obviously, it's one of those. Uh, it's not an absolute bridge burner, but it's one of those. Yeah, see you later, boys. Uh, he hopes he gets signed. There's no way Genk are signing. He might. He might have a. He might have a different. Uh... He might have a different take on it tomorrow now that he knows that they won't be playing any more games this season. Um, well, yeah. Well, he'll be back. Oh, yeah. God, that must be brutal. I mean, I guess he's got... Well, he must have at least an, at least another year on his contract, probably two. Um, so he'll be back. I did see somewhere um, that Celtic are allowing players to come into the, to Lennox Town, but only to train on their own or uh, two at a time max, I think. And Lennon was talking about it the other day. Uh, I think did that not come up in the five wide thing? I think it came up somewhere that he was talking earlier on the week. He said that he was he was happy for the players to come in, but uh, the coaching staff weren't allowed to work with them. They were just basically come in, get changed, and go out and do their own thing. So he said there was half a dozen of them had been coming in and you know uh, doing doing their own routines. But uh, but I don't think there's there's any uh, involvement for the coaching staff other than. How you doing? The um, the the other stuff is, you know, the we had a we had a pop yesterday about it. The the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fur is it furlough? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had a pop. You know, we're wondering. I, I, I think what was your point, Rem? It was it was just a it's a bad look. I'm pretty certain. Well, what I'm trying to say is, I think somebody who might be in a position to know said that you know wage cuts are coming. Is that is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, my point was we we all believe that the wage cuts were coming, but they should all have been done at the same time. That, right. that was just my my take on it. I mean, Spurs are getting absolutely flamed by the English press just now. A real doing, but at least Celtic are guaranteeing a hundred percent of the wages, which Spurs aren't. Um, the anyway, so but as I say, somebody who might kind of be in a position to know, or knows somebody who might be whatever the usual by them at Celtic, you know, fourth hand, uh, third hand, whatever. Uh, but but a pretty serious source saying that you know that wage cuts are coming at Celtic. Um, Nobody wants to see Embry's wages cut, but uh, I guess it's just a new reality. I saw that, uh, Paul, I saw that Atletico Madrid, have, they've cut everybody's wages. Yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I think it's, it's a rally. I saw even England, I think, was Eddie Howe was the first of the managers, and now the, the guy at Brighton, Potter, he's come out as well and taken voluntary pay cuts. So, you know, when you see the money that's falling about in England, if, if, if you've got voluntary pay cuts coming from managers and, and boards, then it's it's clearly serious, but I see. I, I think you know none of us are, are qualified to say that the club have done the wrong thing yesterday. It's the wrong thing I think from from us was around the perception it creates that it's a separation between the players and and the staff rather than the, we're all in it together. So I think when you've seen some of the other clubs, you've seen Barcelona is a good example where they took the seventy percent pay cuts, but made a point of coming out and saying, look, this will help to pay for the, the wages of the, the rest of the staff at the club and we want to make sure those guys are okay, we can afford this. And I guess that's the wee minor disappointment for me uh, around how Celtic have managed this, is it would have been good to see the either the club or the players take a lead on it and, and come out and say, look, this is what we're doing and we understand our part in the wider community. 
Um, yeah, it's a we. It's a yeah. It's um, it's just a PR a PR thing, which was not a good look. Here, uh, anyway, that I would expect that that will be coming down the line. Here's somebody else pointed out. Um, quite interesting about you know cash flows and all that, and how much money Celtic have in the bank. It's a good. We, we've still got a bunch of money to come in, haven't we? From you know, when, I guess when Arsenal bought Tierney, they didn't send us all the money. Is that that would be how it would work, Ren, wouldn't it? So we, we've got a bunch of money from other transfers still to come through, haven't we? No, most transfers, most. I mean, I think I think Celtic specifically mentioned that Dembele's had all been paid in a winner. I've got a vague, nagging memory that Tierney's was paid in a winner as well, but I, I might be wrong. But most most transfers are staggered, you know. And so let's say you sign. Something in a four-year contract, you might pay, you might pay the club on a, a four four instalment deal. I mean, the Sevco do their, they've got like a little woods catalogue deal with all their players. You know, they pay them up every week. I think like Ryan Kent is like four hundred and seventy-three instalments or something. But every football player, or most football players, it's standard that transfer fees are staggered. So the the fees that you're due from other clubs appear in your debtors. Uh, so we would have the Rogers thing to Leicester. There would be Tierney. There would be, and I guess it'll be all the, you know, Van Dyke. There's money coming from that. That that the sell on. I mean, don't know if that's been paid up. Anyway, you don't, you don't know what's in there because they don't tell you. I mean, yeah. you, you could you could probably guess in your last few transfers, but it could even be somebody you've punted for a million. You might still be half a million of that due. <laughs> Did we report interim accounts on the 31st, Ren? No, our interim accounts were out weeks ago. Oh, were they? All right, okay. Yeah, I mean... It's just much they, I pay attention. Yeah, but the thing is, they don't have to do interim accounts, right, because they're not on a stock market. But traditionally, they have done interim accounts. Yeah. And that's the thing that people are missing. Yeah, they don't have to, but they always have. Are we talking about Espanol here? Yep. Oh, they right. have not done. They have not released anything this year, and um, the numbers they released last year were out in February the twenty fifth or sixth, something like that. Um. Anyway, uh, well, let's get not get lost in Cel- Celtic comply with them all because obviously they are listed on a stock exchange, and Celtic comply with all company law. Um. The only other news I saw Livingston last year, Paul. You're the East Coast correspondent. They made a three hundred and seventy grand profit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be really careful what I say here, haven't I? Oh. Anyway, that's, that's impressive stewardship from the Livingston board. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, 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 you're interested. Hang on, right? What, what, what are you saying, uh, Rem? Since we started recording this, they've just reported that their uh, chairman has given them a hundred grand donation to help see them through this difficult time. Right. Is that in cash by any chance? <laughs> right. We better be careful here. Right. We're right. We'll move on. Uh, right. Here, the big news, obviously, uh, I'm sort of building up because I'm trying to keep people listening. <laughs> just to turn off after five minutes. The... Uh, so the Belgian Pro League uh, announced today that they've been the season. Uh, they've called it, and they have null. Oh no, they haven't null avoided it. The uh, and uh, Club Bruges are the champions. Uh, just for the, we'll come again a bit of the details on this. Club Bruges, fifteen points ahead, eleven games of the season left. Uh, so Bruges 
uh, champions. They go to the champions straight into the Champions League. Paul, Belgium. I didn't realise Belgium. Wow. Uh, so uh, Bruges straight into the Champions League, and Ghent go to the qual. Ghent, not Genk. Ghent go to the qualifiers. That's Michael Lustig. He went to Ghent, didn't he? Yep. Uh, yep. Although I saw a story about. I think he's been dropped recently. Uh, and then there were some stories in Belgium saying, oh, the story was one of the worst signings of the season in Belgium. That's what it said. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I mean, he played most of the games. Anyway, Club Bruges, champions, um, 15 points ahead, 11 games left. Broadly broadly similar to the situation in Scotland. Or is it, Remy? Uh, well, mathematically, well... I should say that's what they've recommended. It has to be ratified in the middle of April at their meeting. Oh, hang on. Can I, can I just, sorry, just let me, I forgot here. Uh, the relegation issue hasn't been decided. They're going to yeah. work They're going to work on some way of doing relegation or sort it out, either keeping clubs up or having some sort of system. Anyway, go on. And the, the cup, the Belgian cup, not, there's, again, it's up in the air. They don't know how, to, they're trying to work out how to finish that. Sorry, Rem, go on. Yeah, well, it's although that's what they're saying, it's still to be ratified. So it's still to be ratified by the clubs. I think it's the fifteenth of April. However, it's a formality. But they, they've got a weird leak. Um, they, they're split. They have a split. I think it's after thirty games. I think they've played twenty nine games, so they've got one more game pre-split, and then the the team that's in the lead gets their lead divided by two. And then they play 10 games and they play everybody home and away. So they would have to play Ghent twice, but they'd actually only be seven points ahead of them. So in theory, they have a less of a lead than we do. And obviously Ghent have thrown the toys out the pram. Uh, the former players are all being lined up to speak to all the, the Belgian papers. The chief executives come out. <laughs> The deputy assistant tactical manager, the kit man, the boy. There actually, doesn't appear to be a lot of dissent on it, does there? No, hang on a minute. That can't be right, then. You surely got that wrong. Uh, so, there doesn't appear to be any uh, dissent at all. Uh, I'm sure our Belgian listeners will be able to. Well, the, the one the one I saw says that the guy, I think, and I think he was a Ghent official, said that Bruges have been by far the best team. <laughs> He needs Funny to that. He needs to come over to Scotland for some rewiring. He needs to get his uh, <laughs> his head sorted out. That boy. Uh, so fifteen points ahead, eleven games left. Uh, in re- reality, here's a question, Paul. Uh, if it gets to thirty games and you're fifteen points ahead, you divide that by two. You can't be seven. How would that work? Can't be seven and a half points ahead, can you? They must have some kind of. Belgian protocol to deal with, uh, with fractions, I'm assuming, but uh, either round that up. like a John Le Carre novel, the Belgian <laughs> protocol. The Belgian protocol. Uh, I, I don't know what the, the detail is, but whether it's six or seven points, is as is, is, is Remy says, still got the second place team to play twice. So if the second place team are being pragmatic enough to accept that, then it probably sets a good example for the other leagues in Europe, and I'm sure the. the you know, one club in Scotland will be looking at that and thinking, yeah, we've, we've misjudged this. We really need to be the bigger people here, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in absolute fairness, and again, 
we'd never pretend to be in the know, but there's so many people, well, I know quite a lot of Rangers guys. There's no, behind the scenes, they're quite happy. They're not bothered. They just want the cash. They're just desperately trying to get through to, you know, the new season. So that any money, any monies they get will be very, very welcome. Uh, but private, uh, that's, so that's not behind the, that's privately. Publicly, they're going to have to kick up a real stooshy, um, which they have been and no doubt will continue to do so. Uh, but Belgium, for, I mean, that's a broadly comparable league to ours, isn't it, in terms of size, money? Well, they've actually got a bit more money than us. But, I mean, as you say, Paul, it is a real precedent, isn't it? I think the, the thing about it, and, and I, I couldn't tell you exactly how many clubs in Europe operate with a, a sort of late season split, but there's not many. You know, so you know you could look at it and say that they've taken the, the view that we talked about right at the start of this, which is actually what they're really doing is cutting short and cancelling their split. You know, their post split. Sorry. So you know they're just wiping that out completely and saying right, we're going to stop it after twenty nine or thirty games, whereas we would be stopping after thirty thirty three if we did that. It's much the same argument, really, and. It's probably a wee bit different from the leagues where uh, there's no split and you know there's still got to play nine teams. You know we're talking in both leagues you're playing you know the same teams and other ones that you've already played three times. So I think uh, it probably does set a precedent for that type of league. Uh, it would be strange to see a variety of closure options being pursued now. I think that. Of the big leagues, you know, Belgium's you know top ten league in Europe now, uh, isn't it? So they're definitely going to have some kind of say on what Holland and and you know other other sort of Central European leagues do. Same as we would be looking at England and thinking, well, it's going to be strange to call it differently for down there. The uh, the other thing I did notice, uh, we talked about the UEFA wanting everybody to finish. I think it was by the end of July or something or the first week in August, so that they could get the, their Champions League crap out of the way afterwards and then the new season to start. But apparently, you know, UEFA have told leagues like Scotland, where, you know, the clubs are involved in qualifiers, You oh, by the way, you've got to finish a couple of weeks earlier or a week earlier than the big leagues. So it just makes, uh, you know, that window for playing playing out uh, the championship that much smaller. Um <laughs> I think the other thing, Lawrence, is that they have made it quite clear that if, and it has been reported quite widely now, that if leagues void, then there's no guarantee they'll get any participation in Europe next year because there'll be so so much to deal with in terms of the challenges that come from that. We've talked about this repeatedly. How would you possibly decide the European places if you're, you're not going to call the league? And if you don't call the European places, then you can't enter Europe. So that's there's, there's no country in Europe's going to throw that away. The, uh, that would be devastating for uh, uh, Espanyol because that would deny them, if they got denied entry, it would deny them the chance to defend their Europa League title, Ren. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's all well and, you know, we shouldn't really, jo- I mean, the Scot- Scottish clubs do need the European money, well, yeah. well two Scottish clubs because most of the rest of them get one game, but, you Celtic budget to play in the at least the Europa League group stage. So if we don't get into that, you know we're not going to break even, and there's not going to the way things are going in the transfer market. You might not have any money there to bail you out 
So um, I, I, it's important that we play in Europe. Um, I, we can't just be. I, I don't. You know. You know me. I, I like to play. I like everything I want is to be successful in Europe as well as domestically. And it's it's important for a lot of the support that we play in Europe as well. Um, and I I really wouldn't. You know, money's going to be tight enough as it is just now. Well, has been uh, denied European participation. I mean, we we need it as a club, and we need it for the revenue as well. The um, anyway, of course, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was you, uh, Paul or Remy, uh, but one of these were brave enough to go into follow. follow. Make sure you disinfect your computer afterwards. Uh, they've not taken it well over there, Rem, have they? No. Of course they haven't. They, I mean, they've been running a null and void campaign for the last four or five weeks, uh, carefully, carefully orchestrated by their odious leader. And uh, every thread is just null and void. You've got null and void the league. They don't, not one of them, they all seem to think that if you null and void the league, they just take the money, will be paid to them automatically. They have got, not got a clue. And you know, actually, it might be the Rangers financial controller that's doing all these. I've no idea. <laughs> They just seem to have no concept of money and what voiding means for leagues and teams. The best thing they could do from from a season ticket perspective is if we were awarded the league like this, because what they'll do is they'll, they'll use their sense of injustice to, as they have done, you know, for 140 years in their various, and put on 50 years in their various incarnations. But certainly in the last eight years, they've, they've used this sense of injustice. Everybody's against us. Everybody's done us down and done us badly. And they've, they've made money at it, or they've tried to make They've not made money very well at it, but they, they, they've, you know, lived hand to mouth off it. But in this scenario, what it lets them do is they can, I mean, this is theoretical, but they can, they can howl at the moon when we get awarded the week. Then they can go into administration, and then when they go into administration, amongst the other reasons, you know, coronavirus obviously be top of the list. But oh, we were hoping to get access to the Champions League money next year, but the Tims did us over on that as well. So you know, you can see you can see how it's going to unfold. We'll be forever asterisk for this year, which I'll be perfectly fine. Will not bother me one jot because we're the best team in the league, and I love I love with what comes with that, but. They'll 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 try and make money at it. That's how they'll get through it. The uh, here's one. Uh, I don't know who sent it out here. Uh, so the idea is, I'm one of the one of these numpties. Uh, I'm coming round to the idea that, of them getting the league simply because it, it completely f's up their nine, ten, or however many they end up with. They know, and the world knows that the asterisk is bigger than the trophy in the twenty the twenty twenty season. Were it to be voided if they won the next the next where it. Were it to be voided, if they won the next two, they could still claim 10 consecutive proper titles. By being given one now, they cannot do that. I still think it's farcical to hand out titles and yet not have relegation. It's uh, so ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. The quadruple treble is effed, and so is their 10, no matter what. Wrong on both counts, because you know, the Belgians haven't decided in the cup, and I, and I think the idea that has been floated a few times is that you know the cup... The cup semi-finals and final will be effectively be played as like the season openers for next season, uh, and I'm I'm all in favour of that. Um, so there might still be a quadruple treble. See the other thing as well, 
Listen, I'll, I accept the point about the asterisks in the league. There, there probably should be in every league. There should be an asterisk against 2020. It's going to be a season that that none of us are going to look back and, you know, it's going to fill us with joy given what's going to happen in everybody's lives. But equally, if we're going to get into the business of asterisks in leagues and asterisks, oh, well. I'm, all, <laughs> yeah. I'm all for that because I, you, they will become the world's most successful club at having asterisk trophies beside their name. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I don't get it. My Rangers pals tend to be from the more sensible end of things, but they're bang on about uh, the the, the Sevcoites and the, you know these are all bampots banging on about this you know Sevco this and Sevco that, and then the very same people are now banging on about asterisks and oh it's not real, and so you can't have it both ways. Uh, so uh, good luck to them. I really don't. I, I just think, as I've said before, I think we just be, should be ramming the asterisks down our throat. Um, we were we were going to win the league. They knew we were going to win the league. Um, you know, they they had, they'd accepted it after their defeat at home to the mighty Hamilton. They had no chance of winning the league. You know, it, it's hilarious now the way they do. Well, we've got a game in hand, and then we've, we've got uh, we we beat you twice, and there's still. Um, was it there'll still be uh, six games to play? Well, even if you beat us twice, there won't be six games to play because they won the second games after the split. So we've probably won the league by then anyway. You know, it's the um, complete wishful thinking. The um yeah, and again all bets are off, but the trajectory that both clubs were going at the time when the, everything stopped. I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure neither of you did, uh, but I sat, I sat and watched it because I'm sad. I watched their game against Ross County. I mean, they got that. I think that was their last game. They snuck it one 0 but my goodness, Ross County should have. So they they were they were on a trajectory towards the bottom of the league. Never mind the top of the league. Um, anyway, so that's that's the situation in Belgium. I, I would expect the, do, the dominoes to start falling now, Paul, won't they? I I would I would think so. Uh... I don't know what the timing will be around it, but you would like to think this one. You know, not that any of us are closely looking at the Belgian league, but uh, we've certainly been looking at the European landscape over the last couple of weeks, and this one's come up quite, quite rapidly to a conclusion. So you would imagine that other other leagues will probably look at it, and I'm not necessarily saying that the SPFL will, will jump just because Belgium will jump, but there's bound to be other leagues looking at it going, well, what they've made a sensible decision here. They've looked at what the landscape looks like for the next few months in terms of the real possibility of putting games on and they've, they've made a decision that says, no, look, let's just regroup, get the finances settled up, get the contracts sorted out and we'll be ready for next season whenever next season comes, which which kind of feels logical at this point. The uh, the ones the ones I'm interested in are, the, are Spain and Italy. I mean, those two are both very tight. But the situation in those, the idea of playing football in either of those countries in the next three, four, five, six months just seems absurd. Uh, so they're going to have to do something there. Uh, anyway, here uh, one other question actually before we wrap it: the uh, do you think Celtic should be planning in terms? You know, when I say that, planning for next season, looking at players, do you think we should be doing that sort of stuff, or should it should it all be in? You know, just lock everything down and just, just sit it out? I think, I think we probably are. I think that, you know, there's still, there's not any games you can go and watch just now unless you fancy an influx of Belarusian players into your league next year. But uh, <laughs> at the moment, 
what what we will have, and you know, we again we we know between us, we know one person who does a wee bit of that type of work for the uh, for the club, and you know, I'm sure that that the, the people around the world that are tasked with that have lists. They have people that they've been looking at. I think what the big change might be at the moment is the intention of clubs to sell and, and what they would sell at and the ability for clubs to buy. So there's probably a lot of players going to be on the market next year looking for clubs who probably might not have because their clubs are financially have, have taken such a hit that they need to. But I think we'd already alluded to the fact that we, everybody, you know, Kieran was, was good when he talked about it on the podcast last week. There's, there's going to be a depression in the market, you would think. Uh, because the money's just not going to be there, and yeah, it's it's almost obscene to think that it would be at the levels that it was. But yeah. I, you know, it's a business. It's like any other business. You you need succession planning, and you know that applies to to footballers as soon as that applies to any other part of you know if that's your business is football. So you you need to think about what you're doing to improve your business, and that's I assume that's what they'll be looking at. The only scouting material out there, Rem, is the keep you up with challenges. I don't think we're going to get much for Christopher Iyer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, he's not my favourite, but uh, you know, if he want, you know, again, like Paul says, he, the guy might want to go, or his agent says he, he wants to go, but who's going to take him and how much for him? If somebody said to, we'll, we'll give you a million for Iyer. I think we would laugh at him. The. Uh, the one, Lewis Smith, the kid at ha- uh, Hamilton who I constantly bang on about, uh, we should buy him. Uh, he did a, quite a oh, good... Yeah. Do you see him out in his back garden? Quite good. He, second, he, second, he looked like his second touch was a tackle. He was, uh, he was struggling quite a lot to control the ball. Um, the... Uh, how... We cannot, obviously, Ren, we cannot, <laughs> we cannot announce signings until, what, all wages have been restored. I... You can't, you can't do anything until, as I say, everybody's back on full wages, etc., etc. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I would say so, yeah. but I mean, you can always plan. I mean, uh, for example, if if jo- Johnny Hayes, for example, his contract is up at the end of the season, if you're assuming he's not going to get a new contract and we need a new squad player, you you should be assu- you know saying who is going to be you know, replacing Johnny Hayes, you know. Ball and goalie is obviously completely out of favour. So who are we going to sign at left back? These these things have got to be getting thought about. Um, but no announcements. No, obviously. No, no, no. no. Anyway, uh, any other business? Uh, anybody? Do you want uh, just quickly on the old? I watched a bit of the old uh, Sunderland till I die last night. Have you seen it yet? No. Oh, what a no. basket case! I tell you, who... are we are we in the we're in the first episode? Are we not? Because we. Dubbed them in a pre-season friendly. No, that was the previous year. That was the da- remember the Daffabet Cup. All right, okay. Uh, yeah. was, aye, they've changed. They've oh, gone to. I... Sorry, go on, Paul. I said I was at that game. That, that was uh, that was that was quite a day. Was it was it five one or something? Was it five nil? Five nil. Callum McGregor hat trick. That's yeah. right. The anyway, I'm not. I won't give the plot away. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, the, uh, oh, I, I can tell. I can tell you, Jack fails. Well, I thought Jack Ross comes out of it quite well, quite well. I mean, it's a. In fact, I think. Well, there's one horrible kind of wide boy who's running a marketing department. He comes out of it very badly, 
Uh, although, ironically, and it's always the case with these people, he thinks he come, he's coming across really well, but he comes across really badly. The big thing, remember uh, Josh Madger? Remember I used to go on about him? Yeah. It basically portrays Sunderland as a one-man team with Josh Madger, Josh Madger scoring all the goals. Uh, well, but they did, and then they, well, they replaced him with that Will Grigg, and they completely overpaid. I mean, I, think, I don't know if you've seen it all yet, and but I, I've read something about it. And and Jack Ross, they want Will Grigg to be the guy who replaced Madger and score the goals to get them up. And I believe Ross says something like, don't go more than a million and a half for him. That's right. So they bid up to a million and a half and Wigan, I think it is, say no. And they leave it. They just walk away. And then about an hour for, before deadline, they bid three and a half million for him or something like that. Just mental. That was and a... the guy. the guy's failed and he's now been loan at Salford or something. The uh, I I saw that episode. That was the last one. I it's it's so sad. The 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 guy who the owner is just desperate for a site because they've lost. Major's contracts are, are allowed to run down. They can't get him to re-sign it, and mm-hmm. the the owner is just pulling his hair out. He needs a striker. It's it's so sad. The the highlight is though the guy comes in they're doing cost cutting and the cryo chamber and somebody asks well who was using the cryo chamber and it was oh, Martin Bain used to use it for his bad back every once in a while <laughs> that was it the anyway that's uh, I, I saw a bit of that uh, so that's quite good if you if you haven't seen that anyway uh, we we were ex- well. Oh, it's a guess. I mean, Scotland has to announce soon because we. I mean, what we're we going to. We need something big to talk about. We need to get Harry back on to proclaim he was dead right when he said Celtic would be champions. It, it would. It, they need to do it soon. I, I think, given the state that the clubs are increasingly getting themselves into, or, or are in, I should say, around the financial side, that they've they've got to give clarity soon. People need to plan for next year. Fans need to know what they're doing with season tickets. TV companies need to know what, when they're going to be broadcasting. They just need to, you know, leave leave the EPL to it. If they want to, you know, get their their, their grand tournament set up for June, that would be brilliant to watch the telly for the likes of us. But Scotland just need to sort themselves out. Uh, yeah, and, this is, and you can fully understand why the English Premier League. I mean, near they stand to lose. Was it between seven hundred and fifty and a and a billion pound? I think on TV money. Um, so. There is a prerogative for them, I guess, from their business perspective, to, to play games, but it's not so much in Scotland. Yeah. Um, as I say, I'm sure an arrangement can be made with Sky. We'll probably have to give back the BT money because uh, Neil Doncaster very kindly booted BT up the backside uh, as they were leaving the house. Um, anyway, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's show, uh, Tony Hamilton will be on uh, and we'll, uh, we'll chat to him about the foundation and maybe get Tony's views on bits and bobs. We won't, uh, we won't try and catch him out. Uh, we'll, you know, maybe he's got some signing ideas. Maybe he can t- talk to us about Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic. Rog- Rogic. Rog- you let him talk about Tom Rogic. You've got a three-hour podcast. I know that's right. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Uh, any other business, Paul? Come on, you've got must have something for us. No, I don't, honestly, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm out of news. I think the Belgian stuff was was my major investigations today, trying to find out what the hell was going on. That so no, I'm 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 happy to wait till tomorrow. Uh, okay, good to talk to you, pal. Talk to you again soon. And you, cheers, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye.